BBC Six Music Podcasts. Six Music. This is a free download from the BBC. Find out more at bbc.co.uk slash sixmusic. And now, Russell Howard and John Richardson. Hello. That's better. Thank you very much for downloading the podcast. Not that we've already done a take. Yeah. This just happens organically after the show. It's just me and you having a chat. Absolutely. So what goes on in the show today? Um, Laura's back. Laura's back. Uh, Fordy had a debate with a man. Uh, we may or may not put that in, but Fordy was on good form. Uh, we were chatting about pranks, uh, stuff you did when you were a kid, the news quiz, you know, the woodcraft folk. Listen, if you've downloaded the show before, you'll know what to expect. Exactly. Just expect more of it. And it was live this week. Last week's was a pre-record. This is live again, so there's no swearing. You do nearly do a swear. You keep trying to swear. Oh. <laughs> yeah, sometimes in life you have to swear. Yeah, but not on air. That's a fair point. Anyways. Uh, well, not around your nan's house. Depends what she's done. What has she done? Well, she's, um, if she kills your granddad in front of you, then I think you're within your rights to call her a, a something or other. Really? But if she drops some cake, you know, you're not allowed to call her That'd something. That'd be funnier if you did it, just if she drops some cake. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> you stupid! <laughs> Pull out a cricket bat and go to hit her, but don't. The things you could do with Nans, eh? Yeah, oh, I can't. Mm. Anyways, so, that was it. We'll see you on the other side. Six Music. There was a survey done this week about biscuits and their importance in breaking business deals. Really? If you try to impress a client, you want a chocolate digestive. Really? But not a plain digestive. Has completely the opposite effect. What about those pink wafers? Um, they didn't mention pink wafer. Hobnobs were up there. Chocolate oh. digestives were up there. You've got to bring out, if you're doing it properly, you bring out uh, the, uh, the, what, the foxes ones with the cream in the middle. Oh, what those caramel ones you have? No, those caramel sauce you have. What are those with the chocolate? They're chocolate digestives, but they have uh, oh, yeah. a thin layer of caramel underneath. Caramel digestives. Oh, they're outrageous, they are. Yeah. Because they're re- re- really dirty biscuits, because you find yourself going, oh, it's a chocolate. That's nice, I'll enjoy that. Oh, you're filthy, and there's just that thin film of caramel underneath. And you know you've been tricked by the biscuit in a good way. Yeah. Good biscuits. You only get them out when you're in a good mood, for best. Um, they're your for best biscuits, I've noticed. Oh, definitely, yeah. What's the most bananas you've ever eaten in a day? Five. <laughs> wow, exciting. How about you? Um, I don't. I would never have more than one, I don't think. Probably I've had two if I had a big sporting event. <laughs> like? Um, it's the beanbag today, Mum. Load me up on bananas. The beanbag? I shall not be dragging, dropping that egg or spoon. I'm on about, like, uh, PE, you know, sports day. Oh, yeah. A parachute day was my favourite day. Parachute day? What's that? And you knocked about with a parachute. What are you talking about? All the class would gather round and hold a bit of a parachute and then you'd play games where you like had to run underneath it or run round it. Or maybe that's a northern thing. I've never had parachute there. Or maybe you had a, there was a journey. That was at Woodcraft Folk. That wasn't a part of organised educational activities. I didn't know you were in a Woodcraft Folk. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Why do you do that? Because I was cool. You weren't allowed in beavers or cubs? We didn't have beavers or cubs. There was only scouts. You mean you didn't have beavers or cubs, but you had woodcraft folk? There were scouts, but they're all... That's like Scientology for kids. No, no, it isn't. No, woodcraft folk's that. Go and hug a tree and pretend you're a hedge and chat to a badger. In scouts, it's all about knots and helping out old ladies. My mum... Preparing for war. My mum... Your mum's a hippie. uh, (laughs) She set up this week's first texter. We were chatting the other day. She was watching Saturday Kitchen last week. and the, Covered in twigs, I shouldn't warrant. Hippie. Continue. She was wearing a dress, if that's what you mean. <laughs> Made of bracken. Um, and you know you have to cook mussels and seafood alive, because if they're off, yep. then they might have rotted in the shells. Yep. And the chef said this, and he said, so you just tap them, and if they close up, it means they're alive, and then you pop them in the water. 
She turned it off because she said you shouldn't boil things alive. And I said that's ridiculous. They're only clams. They don't have. They haven't got a heart or lungs or anything. Oh no! no and no. she said that clams could feel pain. Yeah, of course they can. I don't think they. No, they can. did that research, didn't they? Because they uh, they found out that like things like lobsters and that feel. Pain. Lobsters are very different. Yeah, but you're supposed to boil them when they're still alive, aren't you? No, lobsters. Now what you do is you put them in the freezer and they go to sleep, and slowly they get cold and their body shuts down. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's that's a lot nicer. You freeze them to death. Yeah, you they do go that, to sleep. Do that with longestines and lobsters, but not clams and mussels. So my mum's texter six four zero four six is basically can clams cry. Um, I, I went on a hilarious riff where I said that that's why the sea's salty because it's the tears of all the little clams. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think clams can feel pain because they don't have sensory organs. There's bound to be. They, they can react to heat and light. Yeah, so that'll be pain. Well, it's different to pain, though, isn't it? Well, let's find out. There'll be some wise soul listening Hopefully. to the show who will know the answer. So, or six, at least someone who's got Wikipedia. Or somebody who's got a clam and they're willing to experiment. Yeah, okay. 6405 and a really good amplification system. If you've got a clam there and um, some pincers, and you just mic him up and we'll see what he... Maybe it'll be the first time we'll hear a clam swear on air. That'd be quite Possibly, fun. Possibly, yeah. Wouldn't, Wouldn't be, be the hilarious. first time this weekend, would it? What? Ooh. That'd be fantastic. And we could up the experiment. If you've got a dog, punch your dog and see if it makes a noise. Don't punch your dog. Don't punch your dog. Oi! Talking smack about woodcraft folk, Russell. Mm. It's obviously the best youth... The best youth organisation no, around. no. no. So. I had it. I had an awesome time when I was a kid, says Katie. Yeah. And, and now I rarely kill. Joe in Camberwell says, hello, lads. I was in Woodcraft Folk and my girlfriend, see that, is in Woodcraft. He's got a girlfriend. Got girlfriend. Yeah, he's made her out of hedge conspiracy. rabbit ends. Uh, my girlfriend never tires of bringing it up in front of her friends. That's because oh. what they do is they bring you down, Joe. They bring you down. The, um, the whole thing about Woodcraft Folk, because it was in the papers a few years ago, that the whole idea is it's going to be about playing and not winning, isn't it? That's their that's their central mantra. That you're supposed to do things like, you know, lift a turtle up and bring the turtle closer to a leaf, and then all sing around and sing around that. You know, we've we just never moved the turtle that. closer to the leaf. Take it away, solo, John. Oh, turtle's hungry. Turtle's not hungry now. And then you dish out your biscuits. Yeah, it wasn't quite like that. Well, how did it differ? Well, we did, you know, we did proper stuff like crafts. And <laughs> we went on camp and we used to play gladiators. <laughs> Did Sometimes you? we were allowed to play gladiators. Can I be Jet? Um, I was Hunter. Were you? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I was banging Ulrika. Yeah, just pulling the trousers up. Um, Did you ever turn up to Woodcraft Folk dressed as a gladiator and they went, it's not gladiators today, Little John, it's not. We're just going to we're just gonna move the bracken around and then go home no. angry that you were going to play gladiators. We had to wear our Woodcraft Folk shirts. Oh, it gets better. To it be honest, just keeps so- giving this anecdote. Do you want to describe that? Oh, just green long-sleeved shirts with my badges on. Let's call them elf costumes. Can we call them elf costumes? No, because that's not what they were. Did you used to point your ears up? No, no more than nature intended. <laughs> um, Did you ever make a treehouse? That's something I wanted to do as a kid. To be honest, I'd quite like to do that now. That's a dream of mine, to have, like, sort of a spacious garden so you can make yourself a treehouse. Yeah, we didn't do that as part of Woodcraft Folk. Um, Did you ever talk to an animal? Yeah, but again, not as part of Woodcraft Folk. As part of the very unique youth that I had. What animal was this? The want... Escaped guinea pigs. Escaped guinea pigs. Oh, very good. Call back. Yeah, not too bad at all. Now, don't take this the wrong way. This is from Ash in Leeds. And you can tell there's a nice tone to this message. He says, I mean this in the nicest way, but parachute day was only done by the special kids at our school, Ash in Leeds. All kids are special. There you go. That's and not true. Is it his school? Well, maybe he went to a different school to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously did. 
Clams can't cry. I just checked Wikipedia. Great show, by the way. Joe from uh, Lou. I don't know where the hell that is. Russell is right. This is from Laura in Southampton. Russell is right. Woodcraft folk is pure evil. When I was five years old, a friendless child, my parents forced me into this circle of hippie madness. It was severely damaging, John. Six words. Lord of the Rings camping trips. Enough said. Sounds great. <laughs> you shall not pitch your tent. And the, the uh, banana one, right? Hello, I'm a scientist. Uh, and we worked out that you'd have to chain eat 27 normal-sized bananas to take enough potassium to give yourself potassium poisoning. You probably chunder before you got to 27, though. <laughs> then again... I'm chunder. A, uh, then again, he's a meteorologist, so he could be wrong. I'll have two others, Nick from Stanford. It's the news quiz. Yes, the quiz about the news. Or other random stuff Russell chucks in. Quiz. Brad Jayakodi was stopped from boarding a flight at Heathrow this week because he had a cartoon of a gun on his T-shirt. Well, this is that's been done before, hasn't it? That somebody was uh, in America was not allowed to border because they had a Guns N' Roses uh, T-shirt on, and they said there was a hilarious uh, story actually. They're, they're doing it in England, right? We're looking for terrorists. They're going to have us like cameras in the uh, seats in front of us. And they're going to detect terrorists based on whether we're sweating, whether we uh, fiddle a lot, and whether we move around in our seat. Right. So I'm knackered. Yeah. So I do all of that. I think everyone does, primarily because I find scary, uh, flying quite scary. So yeah. all of a sudden, you're like, who doesn't fidget? It's the only time in the world where you, do you know what I mean? You've got to put those new socks on. That's fidgeting behaviour. You don't wear flight socks. Yeah, I put them on. They're fantastic. It's great. Wow. Put them on, fidgeting around. Why do you wear flight socks? Because they give them to you. Right. I'm not going to not wear them. If they, if they gave me an all-in-one jumpsuit, I'd put that on. Yeah. I'm at their will. They give you a parachute. Yeah. You don't put that on, though, do you? No, I donated to some northern kid so he could have a fun day <laughs> at school. Yeah. <laughs> so that's true, then. Yeah. <clears throat> Good. Um, is it uh, one all? Jesus, what's happened to you? I don't know. I was in a really good mood this morning. I think I've I've waste-juiced all my energy. Put on a quiz voice. There was a book in the uh, bookshop the other day called Juice Yourself Thin, and I laughed for about five minutes. <laughs> I, I had one of those moments yesterday. I was driving past... I was in Bayswater, and there was a... Uh, a car washing company that was called the Hand Job Centre, <laughs> and just one of those wonderful moments where you just kind of go, "Really? Yeah, you can't do that." It's horrible, isn't it? When you sort of, well, I had to stop my car to lean out to take a photo of it. I feel like such a lout, but you can't pass that opportunity up. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Did you go in for one? No, um, I really wanted to though. Okay, a hand a job, car please. wash, a I car wash. BBC Six Music. Russell Howard and John Richardson. Widths and heights by Magic Arm. Imagine if you had a magic arm. Yeah, you get a lot of car washing done, don't you? I certainly would. You had another email in from your boyfriend? Uh, no. Yeah? No, we haven't. Uh, Ashram Leeds has said, John, you don't get a parachute when you fly. Who have you been flying with? Dan Dare Airlines. Oh, nice. Brunch, 2 0. I hate it when I do that because I thought straight away, I thought, oh, I mean, life jacket. I thought, yeah. I won't correct it. No one will notice. It's fine. Qantas give you a pair of pajamas in business class. Would Russell wear those even if they're too small? Anthony in London. Absolutely. Pajamas. Do you have to put them on there and then? That'd be a bit awkward, wouldn't it? No, I don't think they're allowed to make you do that. Do you get those? Maybe the, the, the old, you know, the ones. The total throwovers, where you get the little hat. Have you ever gone to bed in the... You know the pyjamas, the old-style ones that are kind of like frocks, like smocks, 
and you get the little sleeping hat. For babies. When did that die out? Not for babies. You, we, like you sort of for see, Victorians. Yeah, but you see them in old films. You see a man holding a candle and he's always got the hat like that and he's got yeah. the smock. And, yeah, I saw something. When did yeah. that die out? When did it become pyjamas with little pockets in? Because we now have pockets for pyjamas and we don't really need them because we're sleeping. But, you know, a hat... Do you have pockets in your pyjamas? Yeah, you don't wear pyjamas. I don't anymore. I just wear briefs with the, that have got like a tiger on the front. That's just, just me. Right. You know, sleep like that. And I sleep in a tiger fashion. Right. Yeah. In your own feculence. <laughs> yeah. With the carcass of an antelope That's right, Just. But that's just how I sleep. Yeah. You know, you sleep covered in cotton wool and you write the word safe on your face before you sleep. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's our techniques. Yeah. But there are some people out there that sleep differently to you and I, and they may use pyjamas. In PDDs. Yeah, but they, and they have those kind of really odd... When did that die out? Ask uh, somebody that. 64046. <laughs> when did we get rid of... When hats? did we stop being Victorians? When did one, 64046. When did one person say, oh, that hat, not for me anymore? Well, that Maybe it was to do with central heating. It simply did. You've seen them. One in- person didn't go, I'm not wearing a hat anymore, and the rest of us went, well, if Jimmy at number 55's not wearing a hat, then no one's wearing a hat. Well, no, these are how these things start. It's like Sienna Miller and Ugg boots. Ugg boots are essentially dinner lady shoes, and yet... She wore them. She's sort of cool and sexy. And everyone went, I want to be cool and sexy. So they wear dinner lady shoes. Right. They zip up, man. So maybe we need Russell Brand to start wearing these uh, pyjamas well, again. Yeah. Out and about. Absolutely. Somebody- or just sleep with a girl, as he does, I've heard, apparently. And then wear those. And then she'll go, you never guess what Russell Brand wears. And then all of a sudden they'll be back in Georgia Asda again. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it needs, yeah, that'd be quite interesting. For him to go on like Jonathan Ross wearing pyjamas. Yeah. Or just if, if he just said that he wore them. Mm. You know, like now, because you've said that, there'll be a run on tiger briefs. Yeah. Yeah, and Uh, cotton wool. A run on tiger briefs. What a sentence to say out loud. There is a car wash in Manchester that advertises the best five-minute hand job in Manchester. Love to your mother's Claire in Sussex. Right. There we go. I I felt I needed to say that. Claire in Sussex. Yeah. It's a long way from Manchester. She's driving a long way. It's the best. Well, I'm sure it is, yeah. (laughs) Free rollerblades are to be given out to the over-60s to promote good health and well-being. Is that true or false? Free roller skates? Yes. How would you get them? How would you convince an old lady to take some roller skates? That's a job, isn't it? I'm going to go around her house and go, these are free. Oh, I won't be needing them. They don't go around to their house. What, what, there's some depot where they turn up? That's a campaign they can write off for them. Who's writing off for roller skates? What old lady's going to do that? Old people. They've got exercise in parks now and all that, haven't they? They're going to get some roller skates. Jungle gyms. But the horrible thing about roller skates is you can accidentally do the splits. And if you're an old lady or man, that's irreversible. Yeah. You're just wandering around like someone with rickets forever. Yeah. Bow-legged's a good term, isn't it? Bow-legged's a fantastic term. There was a girl at <laughs> the girls' grammar school. We used to call her bow-legged. Just because she looked a bit bow-legged. Good nickname. <laughs> Straight yeah, it's quite a good nickname. Not one you hear every day. Who came up with that? Your mate Taff. My mum was telling me yesterday that her nickname with her mates was Baggage. It's not oh. very nice, is it? Why Why was that? She never knew and she never bothered to ask. She used to call her baggage. Wow. Maybe it was the way she wore her trousers. Possibly, yeah. It's very difficult to look cool in sort of speedos. Depends what you wear and the way in which you wear them. I mean, you wear those Borat-style swim costumes. That's why I don't go swimming with you. Yeah. Because you say you need overall sun protection for your shoulders. Yeah. I say you don't need that. I say wear swimming togs. You, you won't do that. That's why we don't swim together. Yeah. Thongs and it. because you don't wear anything. <laughs> that's right, John. That's yeah. how I like to swim. Yeah. Free and easy. That's what makes me faster than you. In case there's a shark. That's right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Question five. Gabby Roslin. And I'll repeat that. Gabby Roslin. Who our friend James Downsway used to fancy when he was younger. 
Right, that's not the question, but okay. it's good. It's sort of keep all your Gabby Roslin facts at the forefront of your mind. They might come in useful. Okay. Gabby Roslin has written a book on how to save money f- for families during the credit crunch, and it's called Glamonomics. Is that true or false? I think the book exists, but I don't think it's r- been written by uh, Gabby Roslin. Right. So I'm going to say that's false. Uh. <laughs> Mm, crap. It's true, really? and I've got a clip. Now, far bit for me to say that this book is spurious crap written yeah. to take advantage of people who, by very nature of the book, haven't got much money by asking them to buy a book that's crap. Yeah. This is Gabby Roslin talking about the book, and the number one tip. What do you think? That, what do you think is the best tip that she's got for families without much money on how to save money during the credit crunch? I'd imagine that it's got something to do with uh, lowering the amount of money you spend on food, like a basic necessity. Yeah, maybe, like you planning know. ahead with a shopping list, maybe, and well, cooking on, recipes in bulk. Absolutely, maybe saving water, having baths instead of showers, stuff like that. That's the opposite of what you should do to save water. Um, but this, this is Gabby Rosalind's number one Slam tip. Slap me, you son of a gun. <laughs> How long have you been Dr. Water? That's fine, don't have showers, just have a bath and all the family share it, one after another... Not just there's a free-for-all, but surely that's better than loads of showers. Um, well, if your whole family are sharing the bath, yeah. you might have a point, but yeah. I think that's... Uh, well. Where's my book? Where is your book? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Are you going to bring a book out? No. With number one tip, everybody bath together. I'm and if you want a really good five-minute job, go to Manchester. That's right, yeah. That was two <laughs> chapters done already. Yeah. Anyway, what has this nincompoop said? Uh, tip number one, <laughs> Olay Regenerist. I swear by it. I've been using it now for a couple of years. And it's £30 to get a little tub of this stuff. There we go. What Gabby was... Roslin, how to save money for families without much money. Olay Regenerist. It's £30 a bottle, but it really will make you feel better about yourself if your TV career has gone down the swanny. Horses on Blackpool are to be fitted with giant nappies. Yes, they are. <laughs> really horrible that they shouldn't be doing that have you been going through all the news stories this week you've clearly been surfing the internet for all the news stories haven't you i always do this where am i supposed to find news stories (laughs) i don't know it's fine right i'm sick because i got the question right that's how quizzes work we have an unofficial agreement cheating learning (laughs) thinking we have an unofficial agreement that if it's not your week to do the news quiz you don't look at all these obscure news sites how if there's going to be a story you better look out next uh, next saturday night i'm going to pull an all-nighter really for a fiver there, but how can you, you know, as a human being, and you go through the papers, you're not going to miss a story about uh, horses being forced to wear nappies. That shouldn't be in the papers. It bloody well should. That is light reading for the tube. That's what you can qu- quickly read, rather than why Hillary Clinton's pulled out of the American elections. I feel sorry for her. Question eight. Are you not going to continue with the rest of that question? So people That's know- it, isn't it? It's not a question. It's just an agreement from you about something that you read. But we can chat about it. We can chat about our theories about it. Right. What What do you make of it? So you're a horse, John. Are you happy being fitted with a nappy? Do you think that's the way that the world should be? Should we impose? Surely horses do that. Horses are going to poop. Horses should be allowed to poop. We know what you think about horses, don't we? You've said it directly when we went to the Oval game. What did I say? You have to look at it, don't you? <laughs> yeah. You can't not look at a horse's penis. Yeah, you said it quite loudly on the way to a game. you got to look, though, haven't you? 
Up the Rovers! <laughs> we all I didn't look there. This is the high school pranks round. Two okay. questions about high school pranks. It, does it take place in Woodcraft folk? No, we don't do pranks in Woodcraft folk. You just go and love the environment. <laughs> high school pupils in Nyack. What are you doing? I'm loving the environment. What are you doing? <laughs> That's a dog. That's not you love the environment. High school pupils. It's tails wagging, so what? Go on. In Nyack. Snuck into their school at night and removed all the desks and chairs, took them out onto the playing field and spelled out a massive 2008. Only to return the next morning to discover that another group had gone in after them and reshaped the tables into a massive penis. Oh, really? True or false? Uh, I like to think that's uh, true. It's updating the twits by Roald Dahl in many ways, isn't it? That's what they did. Good yeah. guys. Well done. Um, one of my favourite quotes from the week uh, from Erin Cummings, who was one of the first group. He said, "Personally, it was disappointing to see all our hard work turned into a huge penis." Oh, really? And I think we've all been there. Oh, I tell you, a bird you'll bloody love. Have you heard about uh, uh, bova birds? I don't know. Is it bova or bova? I'm not sure. Um, but they, you'll love them, right? What they do to attract lady uh, boa birds, right? They they make themselves a lovely nest. And they put all their acorns in one specific area. They put all their kind of leaves in one area, all the blues together. And then they sort of like make a noise. Like, and then the ladybirds, <laughs> or something like that. And then the ladybirds come along and expect their nest. And depending lady on... Ladybirds? Not ladybirds, no. But lady bowerbirds, depending uh, on whether or not the nest is appropriate, they'll, uh, they'll let the bird pump them there and then. Right. I like it up until the point that a ladybird has to decide whether the nest's all right or not. Yeah, yeah. You know, I say, well, there must be some birds who just set up their nest and think, Do you know, I'm quite happy here. Yeah. Don't need a woman to tell me that this nest is nice. This nest is nice. Yeah, but you sel- seldom hear a bird, I imagine, go, I'm fine, I'm fine. It's yeah. always, come on, seriously, somebody, come on, it's boring. Let's do pranks. Have you ever done a school prank? No. Well, not on the last day of school? No. I shaved my mate's head on the last day of school. It was brilliant fun. Right. He-, he wanted it done. We didn't pin him down. Um, actually, no. Our, our school prank. My friend Gary at college, right? We um, it was so it's his, a college prank now. Yeah, yeah. It was when he was eighteen. Um, we went up to the top field, and I said, "Let's." It's them not much of a college, is wait. it? Wait, agricultural college was no, it? No, there was a field in the college. We he about? said we're not allowed up top field, but I say we go there anyway. It's the last day. Used I to, should take you up top field and show you the fence. Used to hug trees. I didn't used to hug trees. I used to sing to them. It's there you very go. Different. I used okay. to hug them with my music. Yeah. What song did you sing to him? Uh, the Woodcraft Folk. The Woodcraft Folk. The Woodcraft Folk. Are we? Oh my god! Yeah. And then Beatles would come out. They are the Woodcraft Folk. Yeah. Do the chorus. Anyways, we took him up to this field. I bet you did. And I said, "Let the mayhem commence." And we stripped him down to his pants, and we put him in a potato sack. And he had to march down to the cafe. It was a lovely Country set. school ways. <laughs> it was you brilliant. just don't find that sort of fun in the city anymore, do it, you? It's pathetic. Get a potato sack. As an adult, it is pathetic. But I tell you what, when you're 18 and you see your mate walk into a cafe in a potato sack, it's a terrific moment. My name's Russell Howard. Your name's John Richardson. Who the hell are you? Fish and chip. Sing two questions. Venom sex. 
Your whips and chains have arrived. Oh, oh have they, Conrad? That, that must like, have oh, been no. extraordinary. Oh, no. Moments like that are just like... Those, <laughs> Gold. Because it's that forbidden giggle, isn't it? It's when you're not allowed to laugh. I That's in a different league, though, isn't it? There was a teacher, there was a girl at our school who uh, called Lydia and her calculator, calculator wouldn't work, so she was kind of knocking it against the desk. Uh, repeatedly, <laughs> to which uh, our teacher of ours called Mr. McDonald screamed, Lydia, how would you like it if I banged you on the desk? And it's just, <laughs> and it is that moment when you're 15, oh. you're saying, just cracker. But it's those terrific moments of, of kind of when you, you feel like you share something, like, you know, school kids, there's people who hate each other and people who love each other, and all of a sudden you're brought together. Through the most pure all moments. Suppose you pays your money, you takes your chance, doesn't you? It is time for the next edition of Loro and the Warlocks of Doom. Is he covering European Championships for Five Live? Because he wasn't on the BBC yesterday. Yeah, he was on the BBC. He was he on Focus. He uh, wasn't yeah. on the live match, was he? He, he was on Focus. It was well, Mark Bright on the live match? Mark Bright. Yeah, oh. I didn't fancy. Yeah, but Austria. Our first game, mate. Do you know what I mean? There's a spa at the hotel. Knock your balls off, mate. It's brilliant. Someone's texted in uh, a quote of his from the England-USA friendly mm-hmm. when uh, the American player Adu had a free kick and <laughs> ballsed it up, and he said, much Adu about nothing. Oh, there you go. <laughs> he probably wrote that down. Who's playing? Adu, uh, me Shakespeare. Uh, yeah. Right, uh, it is time for the next edition of Loro and the Warlocks of Doom. Enjoy. Loro and the Warlocks of Doom. Chapter 5. In the air tonight. Welcome once more, game players, to the troubled kingdom of much of the Dazier. We join its ruler, Mark Lawrenson, as he rides through the enchanted Fishergate Forest searching for his remaining friend, Ray Stubbs, who has been abducted after a sleepover by the evil necromancer Jeff Spelling and his evil sly sports henchman. He is joined on the perilous journey by Manish Bassin, Alan Hansen, Gary Lineker, and Adrian Childs. Troubling enough company without them having been turned into a cat, gerbil, eagle, and most distressingly, a carrier bag, respectively. This has become a total bloody farce, this. I feel like a zookeeper in a zoo for backward animals. Keeping an eye on his animal army had caused our adventurer to lose much time, but he estimated that he was still no more than one day's trek away from Sly Sports Towers. Whilst fantasizing about the imminent battle, states that monkey face. Laura realizes that he has no weapons with which to attack. Nadgers. Time for a bit of a forage, I reckon. Using whatever was closest to hand, he knocks down two fence posts with his trusty left foot. The same foot that scored a 47 yard screamer against Panathinaikos in the European Cup semi final. Now put to use damaging private property in a bid to save his friend. You close your eyes for five minutes and the whole world changes. Isn't that right, Gary? <laughs> He sets a gerbil Hansen to work, whittling them down to make a number of arrows. Now for the bow. How to get a bow? Racking his brains, he decides to use the cat's whiskers for string, but Manish takes some convincing before he will give them up. Come on, mate, this is life or death. If you let me just have three, I promise you can clean yourself wherever you want, and I won't say anything. And so it was. A deal was struck. You know, I quite enjoyed that. Now all I need is some strong wood with a bend in it. This innuendo seemed too obvious, and thus our hero opts not to laugh at it, and saves himself for a better pun later on. Gary, fly high and get me some bent wood. I need it for me bow. I'm trusting you, Gary. You are my bow selector. Bow selector, Craig David. 
Oh, I should have bought more DVDs. The man bird flies high in the sky and focuses his eagle eye. After a five minute absence in which Loro gathers some stones for flinging, the bird returns with the perfect branch cradled delicately in his beak. Well done, Gary. Well done indeed. Loro is proud of his team. They have worked well and quickly. Now the battle can begin and you set off armed with hurling rocks and a bow and arrow. The team run beyond Shane Meadow into the barren rocky wastelands that surround Slysport's towers. The wind behind them, they are moving at an incredible rate up, up and further up the sloping dirt hills. Then Loro skits to a halt. At the top of the hill is a steep edge that cascades down into the raging river below. Certain death should he have fallen. River Plate is a vicious torrent of black water, and swimming is not an option. I've not bought me speedos, anyway. Over to the right, Loro can see a rickety bridge guarded by a troll. To the left, there is nothing. Decision time! Do you? A. Head left and find another crossing with a less rickety bridge and hopefully a better-looking troll. Or... B. Advance towards the troll and pass whatever test may be necessary to be allowed safe passage over Stanford Bridge. So there we go. What are we going to do? We have to decide whether or not he runs away like a coward or he confronts the troll. Well, he's, he's more just looking for a safer option to get across the river. There might be one further downstream. Let's have a song and we'll ponder Laura's decision. So, what does Laura do? Well, I always say look for a better option. Being the eternal optimist that I am, I always believe that there's something better just around the corner. And it's simply a river as well, so there's every chance that if he went just down the road, there isn't going to be a, a troll guarding a bridge, and he could probably... Oh, there might be rocks, he could scamper over the rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's go for that then. All right, then. I mean, we're never wrong. We're never, wrong, we're so never wrong, John, are we? You have elected to find another crossing point over River Plate. There isn't one for miles, and after eating all your friends, you toss yourself into the river. Well, let's not do that then. Let's go for the other one. Stroke of bad luck, yeah, it's fine, it? well, we'll just yeah. do the other one, it's fine. Right. You have chosen to tackle the troll. Let me do the talking, boys. With the troops gathered behind him, Loro edges slowly along the ravine to the bridge. As he gets nearer to the troll, he recognises it immediately as the ageing and widening John Barnes. Obviously recruited by Spelling to fight the evil fight. Tired from a night presenting Mesopotamian 2nd Division football at 4am, the troll is in no mood for guests. Well, uh, what is that? <laughs> he says... It's a riddle. Deduces, Loro. But how can I solve it if I don't understand it? Tell me again, old crone. Well, uh, what is that? <laughs> Cack. As he stands, locked deep in thought, he does not notice the rising wind. It suddenly changes direction, and on its path back through the trees, Loro swears he can hear the words, too good, too bad, carried on the breeze. Chelsea, is that you? Blow twice for yes. The wind turns once more and blows two strong gusts into the face of Loro. Loro deduces that when Spelling attacked, Adrian Childs had the forethought to vaporise himself and become one with the wind. Was it not the wind that carried Manbird Gary ably behind the team? Was it not the wind that held him to the pylon when Randy Gray attacked? He had been with them all along. With the confidence brought to him by a reunited team, he said loud and proud the answer to the nonsensical riddle. Too good, too bad. One nil. The Lucasade riddle troll stepped aside, stepping 33% further than was really necessary. The answer to the riddle was also a clue for crossing the bridge. Every third and fourth panel was weak and would lead to certain death. Easy when you know how. When all the brave warriors had crossed the bridge, they were cast into shadow by the imposing sight of Sly Sports Towers. 
The team would need a plan, and they set up camp for the final time on their journey. For the first time together. I never thought I'd be so glad to have you blow me, A.D. Joked Loro, and he roared all the more for not having laughed at the earlier, much weaker double on Join me next week as I plan the final showdown with spelling and put an end to this nonsense. Lovely stuff there. Loro and the Warlocks of Doom. BBC. Six Music. Well, that was a podcast. We do a show live every Sunday uh, on Six Music, 10 till 1. Uh, you can email russell.sixmusic at bbc.co.uk. Um, check www.sixmusic.com. Yeah, you're obsessed with promoting the website. Yeah. You know, I'm obsessed with that, that the idea that that's our website, which it isn't. Yeah. BBC. Go to the BBC website, have a look around, you'll, you'll come to us eventually. Exactly. Loads of stuff on that, on that there website. I don't forget to email into the show if you heard Fordy's political debate with a young chap and it's got you fired up and you'd like to take him on yourself. Uh, you can take him on, on uh, food, film, music, anything you think you know more about than that arrogant beast. Uh, email in your details and your contact number to russell.sixmusic at bbc.co.uk if you'll be around to take him on live, 12 o'clock. We will see you next week. Ta-ra. Bye. BBC Six Music Podcasts. If you liked Russell Howard and John Richardson, try the Adam and Joe podcast. Download for free at bbc.co.uk slash six music.